When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation... Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself... I have a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Kevin! Home alone. Police in the northern suburbs are on the lookout for a pair of burglars who are calling themselves the Wet Bandits. We know that you're in there. It's Santa Claus. And it's Elf. Get off my property. This is my house. I have to defend it. Where's your mother? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. He's a kid. I mean, what can a kid do to us? Kids are stupid. I know I was. You still are, Mark. This is it. Ow! I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. I am going to get home to my son. dressed like a chicken. Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly drive you. Hey, guys. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up or you're thirsty for more? From John Hughes. You know, I got a feeling this is going to be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Home alone. Are you here all alone? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Like Home Alone, you're just not a person. And uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's like the only movie without Christmas magic that I'm like, oh, I like that one. I was thinking about it. You know, don't judge me, but next week's movie, I'm not very fond of. Next week's movie is Christmas Vacation. I'm like, there's no Christmas magic there. There's nothing. It's lame. It's ridiculous. But here in, at Home Alone, you almost think it is Christmas magic because he's eight and he defeats a bunch of grown men with, with funny and humor. But if you watch the entire movie, you see that one, he's, he's a misbehaving little eight-year-old brat, right? And then he realizes, man, in, in the middle of it, he says, he, in the middle of his, his tan, temper tantrum and, and all that before they leave, he looks at his mom and he goes, well, I hope you guys disappear. I hope you never, like, I wish you never existed, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day they leave without him and he gets his wish, right? And, and you see the excitement on his face. I made my family disappear. Right? And he's home alone. But a few scenes later, you realize he's not fully secure in his alone time. He goes downstairs, and, and, and in the basement, there's a boiler creating all the heat, and it scares him. He has fear. I think that's one of the key moments of of scripture is that when we feel alone, we've opened an, a door for the enemy to come in. When we feel alone, when we, when we want to be alone, we're creating opportunity for Satan to come in and, and do whatever he wants with us. 
And it's not about being around other people, but it's about letting go of who God is and being alone. And so when we come into Home Alone, when we come into the Advent season, announcing the the coming of a Savior, announcing the coming of the King, we have to tell you this, that the, the King that came, the Jesus that showed up, the Messiah who reigns, He still reigns today. We're just celebrating His birth. But I have to tell you that today you don't have to live home alone. You don't have to live in in a sense of of feeling defeated or having fear because Jesus is right there. But Ben, I don't feel him. I know. But isn't it great to not have to feel someone's presence to know you're not alone? Man, maybe I need to say that one again. Isn't it great to not have to feel someone's presence to know you're not alone? One of the things that my family does, I'm, I'm going to rag on my parents for a second. They've been married for quite a few years. Uh, I'm 30, and I was not created out of wedlock. And neither were my brothers, and one of them's in his 40s. So they've been married over 40 years. Um, and one thing that they do, my dad has a, an area in the basement, and my mom gets the upstairs. And sometimes she invades the basement, right? But... What I've realized with my parents is they are better together when they're not together, you know? Like, sometimes my dad just needs to go to the basement. Like, he just needs to be there because my mom needs her alone time. But she knows in the comfort of who she is, she is not alone in marriage and she is not alone spiritually, right? She is not alone in this life. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. I want to talk to you about you are never alone. You will never be alone. Um, I think of stories about like Gideon. Gideon's fighting a battle and, and he has these thousands of men and God whittles it down to a few hundred. Don't you think that if, if you were going into battle against thousands of men and, and you had thousands of men and God whittled it down to like 300, you'd be a little free, fearful too? You'd be like, Lord, it's just us. I don't feel very confident. Wouldn't you be a little scared? I think of Esther. Esther goes, and and she has the weight of, of the survival of all the people, all the Jews on her shoulders, but she is the only one who can save them. Have you ever felt alone? Like you're the only one? I think of I think of the disciples. Jesus dies. For three days, the followers of Christ felt all alone, felt almost betrayed possibly. Anybody ever feel so alone you feel betrayed? I've got another example, Paul in prison. He felt alone, but he constantly reminded himself, I'm not alone. That's a good, that's a good example. How about, how about this? How about Saul, when Saul realized that the anointing, the anointing, anointing, anointing of 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 kingship had been placed on David and had been taken away from him. You think Saul might, might have felt alone? I think so, because I think Saul got so upset that he threw spears at David to try to kill him. You have my anointing. No, that's mine. The, the phrase lonely at the top comes to mind. How about this? Do you think David felt alone when he was running from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him because Saul didn't have the anointing anymore? There's loneliness when God has placed an anointing on you. But you're never alone. 
How about this? Noah building an ark. How about Moses going to free God's people? How about, this is a good one, Naomi. Naomi loses her sons and loses her husband. You think she felt alone? Ruth wouldn't let her. Ruth Ruth would not leave her side, but she lost her husband. There's loneliness in alone times. And oftentimes we get so caught up in the loneliness, we get so caught up in in all of that, that, man, maybe maybe right away we get away from people and we're like, man, I'm going to feed myself a bunch of ice cream and get sick like Kevin did. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to start watching these movies my parents told me not to. Like what else? I'm going to sled down the stairs because come on, somebody wants to try that, right? We'll, We'll set up a sled at the top of these stairs and just watch out. Don't hit the door, you know? You ready for it, Dee Dee? Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> what a friend. What a friend. But we have these, we have these times. We, we desire to be alone at times. And maybe you're not that person. Maybe you're that person that wants people around you all the time because that's the only time you ever feel secure. But, man, you want to test it out. So you push all these people away. You become alone and start doing these things that God's told you not to do. And then you find yourself... Uh, in, in fear because all of a sudden Satan comes in the form of thieves trying to break into your house. But you didn't see him when all the people were around conniving and figuring out how he can get in. You didn't see him at the beginning of the movie as a threat the first time you watched it. But he was there. He was smiling and he had a little gold in his tooth and it glistened. That's Satan in our lives. He's looking for ways in. And when he can find you alone, he's going to come and attack. That's how that works. See, Kevin didn't realize all the extra, all the other things in this life. He didn't realize he'd have to go do grocery shopping when he said that to his parent, when his mom, saying, I wish he never existed. I wish I was, I wish I was an only child. I wish, I wish I was this. I wish I was that. Anybody? Come on, you ever say anything like that? Man, I wish I was out of this, dot, dot, dot. I wish I wasn't a part of this, dot, dot, dot. But God's placed you where he wants you, and he's calling you into something else. And guess what? We are in the people business. And even though we want out, God wants us in. Because he's calling on us to never feel alone. In Genesis 35, verse 2, it says this. So Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourselves, and put on clean clothing. We are now going to Bethel, or Bethel, or however you want to pronounce it, where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He has been with me wherever I have gone. I want you to hear this. God has never left you. He's always been with you. In the middle of your sin, he was just a step away. When you're in the middle of your complaining, he's just a step away. When you're in the middle of your turning away from him, he's right there at your shoulder tapping on you saying, do you know the comfort that I have for you? Do you know I'm right here? Will you give me your everything? Uh, You're not alone. You're not by yourself. I know it feels like it today, but trust me, I'm here. He does it so well, it doesn't even annoy us. 
God wants you to know him completely. Jesus wants you to know who he is. The Holy Spirit wants to intervene in your life, and he wants you to feel his presence in a tangible way, but he also wants you to learn what it means to go through a dry season. But you're never alone. He's right there, allowing the dryness to happen because you're like wheat. You're like winter wheat that has to be planted in the ground. And in order for it to grow, you have to go through a dry season so the outer shell can break and your new growth can happen. He's calling on us to to go through the seasons of life so that God can do something new. But we'll feel alone in the middle of it. You're going to feel alone. Come on, somebody. Praise him for the loneliness because he's right there with you. He's with you all the time. He's always going to be with you in the middle of your distress. He's always with you. We see right here in the midst of the distress and wherever else he saw, Jacob saw that God was still with him. God is always with us. I think sometimes when we look at distress, man, I need to make those those words bigger. I apologize. We're working with a new computer. Praise God. So we got new problems. This is good news. But this is it. Uh, it. I think sometimes randomly we think, why would God dot, dot, dot? Why would God let me go through this? Doesn't he know what I do on, on my own? Why would God let me do this? Doesn't he know what will happen? I think God allows us to go through something feeling alone because he wants to see how far we'll take him in our journey. Or how, how quickly we forget who he is in our life. He's just, he's testing us to see if we'll pick him back up real quick. And see where the salvation sits. See where the forgiveness sits. Anybody? Anybody leave God on the doorstep this week and go, um, I'm good, God. I got this. No? Just me? I'm good with admitting it every now and then. Sometimes I forget about God. And I walk away and I go home alone. And I start eating my ice cream. I put on some pounds, leave me alone. You know? But that God shows up and he says, hey, look what happens when you don't do what I tell you to do. Look what happens when, I, when, I run, when, when you run from me and I'm running after you. But you don't turn around. What happens when you don't make the right calls? What happens when you don't go to the... The authorities, we're not going to say police because Kevin ran from them, you know? Kevin, some of y'all might relate to that scene. You stole a toothbrush, didn't you? Running from the popo, you know? (laughs) But what if he would have gone to the police and said, hey, I'm home alone. My parents forgot me. Great. How many people have never seen Home Alone? Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, no. I'm going to ruin it for you. I am so sorry. Sweet. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. He's running from the police, right? But if he would have gone to the police, the police were looking for him. The police were knocking on his door, but he wasn't answering because he was so fearful of what was outside the door that he didn't step out. Sometimes the saving grace is at your doorstep. You're never home alone when God is in your life. When Jesus is planted securely and made you his firm foundation, you're never alone. You don't walk downstairs to the boiler and it starts, you know? 
That's all made up. That's all in your mind. The fear is in your mind, but God is at your side. So often we, we don't look that way. This next scripture, a lot of us know it. It's Psalms 23, starting with verse, or only verse 4. It says this, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, come on somebody, look at your neighbor and go, I'm in the darkest valley, but God's got me. God's got me. It doesn't matter. I'm in the lightest valley. God's got me. I'm at the mountaintop. God's got me. But I'm also in the darkest valley, the deepest, darkest valley. But God's got me. I can walk through the darkest valley because the light shines through me. Because wherever I go, I take him with me. When I forget about him, when I put my flashlight down and I'm like, where did I put my flashlight? Anybody? Better yet, if I had my phone, I'd put my phone down and go, anybody see my phone? The best is, anybody see my phone? You're holding it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We all do it. It's like we're holding on to God, but we forgot where we put him. Anybody see my Jesus? Anybody? Anybody? Hey, Jesus, you're holding him. Isn't that it? Isn't that what we do? We misplace Jesus in our own hands. We feel alone. We feel lost in the deepest, darkest valley, in the worst part of our lives. We feel like we can't find him, like he's not showing up for us. We want to ask the, we want to pray the prayer, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? He hasn't. He hasn't. He's just letting you go through something to see how much you're going to take him with you. How many of y'all want to want to hook the the toe rig on and go, God, I'm got, I'm taking all of you because his burden is what? Oh man. It's easy. His yoke is. His burden is what? His yoke is. When we are attached to God. It's easy and light. When we're attached to God, our deepest, darkest valley is easy and light. That's why I bring up Paul, because Paul, in the midst of his imprisonment, he was like, hey guys, I am good, man. I'm doing great. Do I wish you could be here with me? Yeah, absolutely, but I am on fire. Because God's burden is what? His yoke is, and he's home alone, literally. They locked him up in his home because he was a Roman citizen. They didn't put him in chains yet. Maybe they did. Let's not get into that fight. But here's the thing. He's alone. He is alone. And yet he's the guy that wrote, I've learned the secret of contentedness. I've learned what it means to be happy with nothing and happy with everything. I've learned what it means to be happy with some things. I've learned what it means to be happy blind and happy seen. I've learned what it means to be happy broken and full. I've learned what it means when things aren't going my way to be content. And I've learned what it means when things are going my way to be content. When when tough times come, I'm going to put God to work. They can't even get in my house when God is guarding my doors. They can't even get in my house when God puts his angels at my windows. But we act so alone because you feel it. We've left him. He's saying, will you pick me up? Will you come with? I want to be in your darkest valley. 
even when I walk through the valley today, even though this is the hardest season of my year, even though my family is all gone, even though in my darkest valley, when the ones who love me the most hurt me, I want to talk to you about Jacob and Esau real quick. Man, Jacob, the guy we talked about earlier that was like, hey man, we're going to praise God because he was there in our deepest distress. He was there today. He's there tomorrow. Like that guy, he, he stole his birthright. Esau was inten- intended to have the birthright of Israel. Esau is the one who was the oldest and was stolen out from under him. His birthright was stolen from him. You think Esau might have felt a little lonely? Like, hey man, that that was mine. When he found out his brother stabbed him in the back and got the blessing from the father. Man, think about this. What what about Jacob? You think Jacob might have felt a little lonely when he realized what he did and how messed up that was? Anybody relate to either of those characters? Man, someone stabbed me in the back so hard. Someone, someone who I loved, someone who cared for me, someone who, who, loved, who, who I thought was my friend and my, my brother or my sister or whatever, stabbed me in the back. But God is with you. But God is with them. God is with you. He's with you forever. He's constantly and always with you. It doesn't matter if you're in the midst of sin. He's right there. Will you turn to him? Will you ask for his forgiveness? Will you repent and and be made whole? Like, will you go to him? Because here's the thing, that Jacob, Jacob should have never been in Esau's position. But he ended up there anyway, and God still turned it to good. You should have never been in the situation you were in because you were feeling alone, because you were, you were alone completely because this was happening or that was happening. You were going down this, slot, you were going down this stairs in a sled and, and you broke your arm. You should have never had that happen. But guess what? God is right there to heal your arm. He's, he was right there telling you, don't go down the stairs. I broke my arm uh, as a kid. I was 15. And I, I was on my bike. This was before I was like avid cyclist. This was like me being a kid on a bike in a small town. And I was riding. And I'm like, I wonder how fast I can get up on, on this mountain bike. I had to be going over 20 miles an hour. And I was living in a small town. Who, in a small town of 200, there's no, one, no one's going to turn when you're going straight. No one is going to be in your way. You have no traffic. And this lady, she was a substitute teacher for us, so I knew her. She turns and I had to put on the brakes, and I stopped, but my wheel went over into like a culvert, and it was open on top, and I went down, and I broke my arm. Oftentimes, I think, man, if I would have just listened to God and gone the other way to my house, I wouldn't have been in that mess. Because in that moment, and this is so silly and stupid, but in that moment, I felt like God was saying, go the other way. Go the other way. And I went, the way I wanted to go. Even when we don't feel alone and we disobey God and we become alone, God's right there to heal our broken bones, to heal our broken heart, to heal our broken mind, to heal our broken soul. We're never truly home alone. 
unless we decide we want to be, and then we turn away from God. Matthew 28, this is after, after Jesus has resurrected from the dead, he says this, he says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. Check this last line out. I am with you always. Come on, somebody. Say he's with you. He's with you always. Even to the very end of the age. He's he's with you all the way to the end of time. He's with you at the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, right? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's got your back. He wants to hold you. He wants to call you out of the muck and mire. He wants to pull you out of your deepest, darkest valley. But you have to know he's with you when you don't feel it. You got to know he's right there. He's got your back when you don't want it. This week I found out my aunt passed away. And uh, she was like a second mom to me. If anything would have happened to my parents, I would have lived with her because we were that close. And here Lola comes knowing how much she meant to me and wants to hug me. And I'm like, no, I don't want your hug. It's nothing that Lola did. I just wanted to be alone. Because I know with my time alone from people, sometimes I can heal in God. Did I get that hug? Yeah, she wouldn't let me leave unless I got a hug from her. See, she knows what I don't need. And she gives me the hug anyway. It was nice. Here's the thing. God calls on us to be persistent with each other. If you know someone who feels alone this year, if you know someone who doesn't feel like they have anybody this year, it's our responsibility to be the disciple makers and go find them and be the hug that they don't want. It is our responsibility to be the disciple makers and, and pull them to Jesus. To put Jesus in their lap. To say, you're never alone, even in the midst of your, your trial, even in the midst of your tribulation. I get it, you feel it, but you're not. God is just seeing how long you'll withstand how many have ever heard of, uh, 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 man, now I'm not even thinking about it, but with, it's withstanding all the pain. It's not stamina. It's perseverance. Perseverance is great. I love that. Perseverance. You're persevering. Thank you. I wasn't even going this way. God wants to know that when he can leave you alone, you'll persevere. Because you know he's right there. Man, he, he got business to do on the other side of town. Oh, I'm good, God. I got this. Because I know if I need you, it's like, I'm going to bring another Christmas movie up. It's not till Christmas Eve, so I feel good doing it. But it's like Santa Claus, and you got the snow globe, but Jesus comes every time you shake it. You know? He shows up, and he's like, already? Come on. Let's, let's do some more training, because i got to go across town. Okay, we're trained up. All right, I got this. I got this. Going across town. Lord, I need you. And he's right there, even when you don't feel it. See, Home Alone, it's a great movie. I love it. It's funny. Some bad guys get beat, right? They get destroyed. But here's the thing. You're never truly alone. Never. Simple message today. This Christmas, 
There's no one that's truly alone. No one. They feel it. It's in their mind. They're downtrodden. Their hearts feel broken. Be with them. Introduce Jesus to them. I'll say this. If you are a saint, a sinner, abused, abuser, heartbroken, or homeless, or know anyone who is, if you're a whore, homebound or a whore, if you're lost or if you're fearful, ADHD, liar, hypocrite, bastard, lover, cutter, tweaker, junkie, alcoholic, alone, adopted, abandoned, addicted, leftover, divorced, disillusioned, LGBTQ+, old, young, cheater, wealthy, poor, wise, despised, infected, rejected, pierced and tattered, or just a misfit, you are not alone. You never will be. If you're a sober soldier, guess what? You are not alone. If you're not a sober soldier and you're just an addict, come on, you're not alone. Everybody in this room has got something in common with someone else that's got them caught up. We're not alone. But the one thing we all have in common, and I truly believe this today, that we all have Jesus. And we're truly, truly, truly never alone. You can't go home alone when you're carrying Jesus because you've got this easy burden and this light yoke. You've got this thing that you got to do and you know somebody who's really going through it and you're like, man, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time I introduce them to the thing that has got me through. Maybe it's time I introduce them to the thing that's cut the the captivity of chains off me, the bondage off me. And I introduce them to Jesus who saved me and, and rescued me. Because here's the thing, no, uh, December, what month are we in? December 24th at 4.30 p.m. Here, we're going to have a blue Christmas for anybody who doesn't have a family member or feels alone. And you know what? We're not alone. Fear can't conquer us. We're not alone. Loneliness can't destroy us. We're not alone. Becoming a victim of something can't destroy us. We're never alone. Being, being someone on the other side, a victor, we're not alone in our victory. Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He died on the cross. He took a beating for you because he wanted you to know what it was like to never feel alone, even in an empty room. Even in a full room. You might be that person that in a full room you feel alone, but Jesus is right there and he wants to hold you, embrace you, and he wants to cuddle with you. It's kind of weird, but you know, he does. He wants to be your daddy. He wants to be your savior, your Abba, your father, your closest companion. You are not alone this Christmas season. Who, who's going to be your companion this Christmas season? I mean, after all, might as well be Jesus. He is the reason for the thank you. I appreciate that. But here's the thing. You are loved, you are cherished, and there are lots of people out that door today that didn't come out because it's snowing or it's cold, and they just wanted to stay home. If you're joining us online, we love you. Glad you could catch up with us. But if you could have been here, that trailer was pretty awesome. You got that 90s earful, you know? Sounded real bad, didn't it? I got to do something about our sound system. But God is doing something amazing this Christmas. And he wants you to know right off the bat, it's not even December, you are not alone. Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for directing us here. Lord, thank you for being here. When we don't feel you, you're here. When we do feel you, you're here. When we feel so lost and so away from you, we know you're right there. Lord, all we have to do is turn around and, and, and grab onto you and hold onto you and repent and ask for forgiveness and, and, and just come into your family. That's it. I just have to walk straight into you. You're that door I want to walk into every day. Lord, come, be our strength. Help us have joy this Christmas season. Help us get the rest from Black Friday we need. Help us get the, the rest we need from our jobs. Lord, help us get the everything that you desire us to have in this moment so that we don't just feel alone, but we feel strengthened, we feel empowered, and we feel like we have an army with us wherever we go, even when there is a literal army with us. Lord, strengthen us today. Open our hearts to what you have this week. Guide us and bless us. Lord, I ask a, a ton of blessing on this group right here, whether they're joining online or whether they're in person. Lord, I pray that you would just bless them abundantly with a great time this Christmas season, with joy, with laughter, and with uh, just an awesome friendship with somebody new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless and good morning. God bless you. See you next week.